1: Have some fun. We're gonna talk some college football. And we want to get everybody's predictions in here. So this isn't just us talking and you guys listening. We want to hear what you all have to say. So we're gonna make predictions for the Big Ten. Next week, we're gonna go SEC and then we're gonna kind of work our way through the leagues uh moving forward as we as we finish these shows. So Big Ten East Sean, I I thought was I mean, it's it's a no-brainer at the top. Obviously, it's Ohio State. We both had Ohio State. When I look at this Ohio State team. You know that they've got some things they got to work out. They've got some flaws, just like most teams do. But the the gap in talent between Ohio State and everybody else in the Big Ten is still significant. I think some teams have recruited the last couple of years. Penn State's had a couple really nice recruiting classes in a row, and they got another one building now. I think they're slowly kind of, you know, closing the gap on Ohio State from a talent standpoint. I think the coaching is still a little bit off. Yeah. But I think Sean, Ohio State still has the best talent. And I think Ryan Day made some changes this offseason. That by the time you get to October, if you it's like this if you don't beat Ohio, if some team in the Big Ten doesn't beat Ohio State by the first week of November, they're not going to. Because I think they're they're that team. You want to catch them early, you know, as they're getting used to the new offensive line coach and the new defensive oh, yeah. scheme and the new defensive staff. If you don't have, if you don't put an L on them, and the you know, if you're in the Big Ten team, if you don't put an L on them in the first five six games, you're not putting an L on them. Uh, you're just not. Okay. And I still think they're the class of the league at this point in time. Uh, and I and especially the East, um, I think the East is going to be competitive at the top. But I don't, I don't, I mean, Ohio State may catch an L this year. I mean, they may, but there, there's a pretty big gap. And and I still believe this is a quarterback driven situation and i look at the quarterbacks in the league and the next best quarterback is what the kid from michigan state and the in the east yeah, you know it's definitely not 14 in happy valley right. <laughs> but he, we'll get to him in a second because he is pretty important but just as yeah. far as putting a team on his shoulders he's just not that guy no. but that right there though the fact that penn state relies so heavily on sean clifford explains why there's a big gap between ohio state and everybody else
2: I totally agree. And the most important thing is that Ohio State knows it. And right. your point is right. Oregon caught them early last year. Yeah. And Minnesota. Because I think Minnesota, if they don't lose Ibrahim early in that game, that would have been a they, really
1: interesting game. They
2: probably they were they would have pulled off. It would have been interesting. They had a great shot at of pulling off that upset. Mm-hmm. And you know, now you just have a really confident bunch of skilled players
1: yeah.
2: at Ohio State, right? Yep. And that's – I think that's where Notre Dame is headed to, mm-hmm. you know, where we're eventually going to be. Like, we won't be sitting here wondering who's going to step up. I think in two or three years we're going to have the combination of Braylon James, Jaden and Rico Flores, and we're going to be talking about – yep. I don't think anybody can stop us, you know? So Michigan might be the only other team from a skill standpoint that really have Michigan has some playmakers at different positions. Um, They have Henning, Corm, uh, Wilson, so they, got, they got
1: Ronnie Bell back. Ronnie Bell's and, be. So Andrew let, Anthony let's talk about that because we had a yeah. discussion, the, the, the two and three. There's going to be a battle at two and three. And I think mm-hmm. the advantage that Michigan has is their schedule is much softer. Yeah. And they catch some breaks. So if you look at like Penn State has to play, because this is part of making a prediction is this, I, I like Minnesota this year better than Wisconsin. I'm just not sure they're going to be able to finish higher than Wisconsin because of their schedule, which we'll get to. If mm-hmm. you look at Penn State, Penn State has to play at Ohio State. They, I'm sorry, that was last year. They have to play at Michigan. And so it's kind of like okay, if it comes down to they both have two losses, Penn State and Michigan have kind of pretty much beat each other up at their home on their home field. So like Michigan wins at home and then Penn State wins at home. That's kind of how that rivalry is kind of going back and forth. Penn State's gonna have to beat Michigan this year at Michigan to me, to have that head to head. Because I could see them both having two conference losses, you know, one to, you know, like I, I could see, I could see. Penn State losing to Ohio State at home and then and then losing at Michigan
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and having two losses. And then I could see Michigan having two losses because, you know, I, for for their team, I, I think there's some concerns I have for them. But then, you know, they, they could lose at Ohio State. But then what's the other game they're going to lose? At Iowa? You know, at Rutgers? They get Michigan State at home. They get Penn State at home. They get Nebraska at home. They get Illinois at home. Like, other than Ohio State, all their toughest games, you know, their next arguably next two toughest games are at home, Nebraska and Penn State. Michigan State's going to be tough at Iowa, you know, but it, to me, it's like, am I, am I banking on, we'll get to him in a minute, but you know, Spencer Petrus to beat Michigan, like that's kind of the big thing for me. Right. Yeah. But Michigan, and then Michigan's going to be like pretty rested going into that Iowa game because their non-conference is embarrassing for a team like Michigan, yeah. Colorado state, Hawaii and Yukon, right? Like Hawaii at six and seven is your best non-conference game. That's pretty embarrassing. Right. So for me, I went with Penn State for a couple reasons, Sean. I, I I think that you're I think Ohio State's offense is 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 act. I mean, Michigan's offense, in my opinion, is one of the two or three most talented in the Big Ten, hmm. skill player wise. Because yeah. you know, they they bring Blake Coram back and they yeah. lost to Hassan Haskins, which is a big loss, but you and I both they know Edwards not Edwards, an really right? talented player. Correct. Yeah. You receiver, you talk about they get Ronnie Bell back. Who's who's more of an athlete than he is a pure receiver, but he's explosive. Yeah, you know, can AJ Henning step up? You know, you've got you've got Blake Corm coming out of the backfield, but then you look, they got some bigger receivers too, right? Like they've got Cornelius Johnson, who's you know six two, six three. Darius Clemens comes in, who's as a true freshman, who I think you know six two, two ten can can help you as right away. Andrew Anthony moves into year two. Eric All's a really good tight end, in my opinion. You've got three starters coming back on your offensive line. But here's the problem. Will if, if Jim Harbaugh puts J.J. McCarthy in the starting lineup before the Iowa game, Michigan will finish second in the Big Ten East this year. If he tries to ride the Cade Mac- McNamara game until they lose, then they will finish third. So really my prediction of – and I'm predicting he's going to try to ride McNamara. That's my prediction. If I'm wrong, Michigan jumps up to number two because, as you said – their offensive line won't be as good as it was last year. It's still going to be good, but mm-hmm. they're going to be much better. They're going to be much more – they're going to be deeper and and have better skill on the perimeter, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. It, but they just don't have the signal caller right now, to me, to to go through a schedule of at Iowa, at Indiana, Penn State at home, Michigan State at home, Nebraska at home, Illinois at home, and at, at Ohio State, to go through yeah. all those and not stub their toe. That's the whole thing we saw last year. The Big Ten was down, in my opinion, last year, and Michigan took advantage. Yeah, but it was because of their offense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, do I need to remind you of the Penn State game? Do I do remind you of the Rutgers game where they won 20 to 13. You know what I mean? Like there were some yeah. games where you're like, man, this offense is just you know, they had some good games too, but I mean yeah. Michigan State, everybody scored on Michigan
2: State last year. And that's mean, once Ronnie Bell went out, it was like
1: yeah, right. So to me, that's the key for me. Is is he going to be willing to to make the tough – because it's not easy no. to take a start, kid who started for you last year, who led you to the playoff, led you to a Big Ten title, and say, hey, man, we love you. Thanks for everything you did, but we're going to go with this guy.
2: Yeah, but, but you, you need to. to be able to make that decision as a visionary. Right. That's your job right. as a head coach. Right. To be able to recognize early. Don't be like John Cooper mm-hmm. and wait until the week before right. – the Michigan game, and you're undefeated to replace Stanley Jackson with Joe Jermaine. Like, no. Like, if you make that move, you do it early in the season. Right. You ride it out. So, I agree with you. You know, it's going to come down to his decision. Uh, Their pass rush, they have talent, young talent on the defensive line, but the pass rush might not be as dynamic. Mm -hmm. as it was last year so there will be a need for the offense to be more dynamic right
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
2: The right. defense and won't was, be
1: right. The defense won't bad.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. But you can't just lose Aiden Hutchison and David Ajabo Daxie,
2: and Dax yeah.
1: and Mike McDonald as your D coordinator and just yeah. keep rolling. They don't have the talent to step in and replace. They're not reloading the way that other teams are. Right. You know, like Michael Morris is a good player on the edge, right? Taylor Upshaw is a nice player on the edge, but they're not Aiden Hutchison and David Ajabo, right? So other guys are going to have to step up. They're experienced at linebacker coming back, but. You know they're not going to be able to just go out there and win 17 to 13 games this year. They're yeah. going to need to be able to score a little bit, and I think they can. Now, Penn State, on the other hand, is a really interesting team because I actually think Penn State has a lot better talent than people realize. I think they're the team that can actually compete with Michigan next for the second most talent on the skill positions. And I know that that may sound crazy because they lost Jahan Dotson. Yeah. But they got some really good receivers coming back. I like Parker Washington a lot. They've got some good running backs stepping into the equation. Nicholas Singleton is the kind of kid that can just step on a field as a Drew freshman and say, I'm the best back you got. I mean, that's the kind of talent Nicholas Singleton has, in my opinion. And they got some other kids that stepped in. I think that, that the, the Saunders kid that they landed last year, Caden Saunders, that they got out of Ohio, can kind of step in and fill somewhat of the void that Jahan brought from a down-the-field standpoint. He's not going to be Jahan Dotson as an all-around player. Yeah. But just the, the the speedy, shifty, vertical guy, he can fill a little – like sort of like the Braden Lindsey role, I think he can bring some of that as a freshman. Mm-hmm. I think their offensive line was a little beat up last year. They're going into the next, another year with their offensive line coach, who I think has a good reputation. Yeah. He inherited a bit of a mess, Phil Troutwine. So I think he's – the unit's going to be better. Salim Wormley comes back from an injury. You know they're they're going to be better up front. You know, kid that a lot of Notre Dame fans are going to remember, Landon Tangwall, slated to start at left guard for them, which is where we always thought he was better suited. Anyway, was a guard. So I actually think Penn State is is a good football team. The problem is is they're they've got a a Cade McNamara type of situation to a quarterback. Now the thing I love about Sean Clifford is is the kid's a winner. Though I mean you know he's that kid that if the game's on the line you feel like he's going to make a play. And he's also that kind of kid, Sean, that has always said he's not afraid of big moments. He's not, and he's Sean Clifford's n- does not think he's as he's as untalented as he actually is. That's that's the good thing for him and the problem for opponents. As Sean Clifford thinks he's better than he is, and he play and he has that type of mentality and that mindset of I'm gonna I'm you know you give me the ball at the end of the game. I mean, look you look at their games last year, Sean. I mean let's let's look at Penn State's results last year. They lost to. Um, so the first loss they start 5 and 0 beat Wisconsin on the road beat Auburn. Right. Their first loss was on the road against uh, at Iowa. Right. 23-20. It was 20 to nothing when Sean Clifford got hurt.
2: Yeah, they win that game with Sean Clifford easily. Yeah.
1: The next week they lose in overtime at 9 overtimes to Illinois. Sean Clifford played but he was not he was not, not right. Right. He was not right. Then they go lose to Ohio State by 9. That was a game they battled, right? Ohio State just had better players. They lose to Michigan by four. And again, again, their offense just never quite recovered. And then they lost to Michigan State by three. You know, so this is a team that's out there losing competitive games. They have a small margin for error. But I feel like with Clifford coming back, as long as he's not too distracted with all the NIL stuff he's trying to get involved in, that's my only concern about that. Yeah. is can he, he's, he's trying to build this union and he's got his own NIL company. All this, Like, hey, let's make sure you're ready to play some football too there, buddy. Yeah. Right? So that's my only concern with him. But if he can be healthy, I think Penn State can give Michigan a run for that number two spot. And the biggest reason is is I think that the schedule is somewhat favorable for them. They get Ohio State at home. home, Yeah. And and if Ohio State's going to lose a game in the Big Ten, it's going to be to Penn State. Because of all the teams in the Big Ten, that is the one team that year after year after year is just not afraid of Ohio State. Now, they lose more often than not because they're just – Ohio state's better coached. James Franklin is the, and this is the other thing. All my issues with Jim Harbaugh. He's a, he's a solid in-game coach. Not great. He's solid. Jim, James Franklin's a terrible in-game coach, right? So if everything is equal, he's going to make some dumb decision that's going to cost you a ball game, Yeah. but they have not, they do their, say what you want about James Franklin. He has his teams mentally ready to play Ohio state every single time they step on the field. Yeah, I agree. Including games where they're completely outclassed talent-wise, like the last yep. two years. Yep. And and they get them at home. If Ohio State's going to lose a game, it's going to be that one. I'm not predicting they will. I think Ohio State's going to run the table in the Big Ten this year, but uh, you know, I think that's the game to watch. That's a, a game to watch. There's a couple games to watch, but that more than any is the one that you look at because they're not going to be afraid of, of them. No, the question no. is, is can can they avoid you know losing at Michigan and can they avoid upsets? You know, home against Michigan State. Home against Minnesota, home against or at Purdue. Those are games where like they gotta handle their business. Mm-hmm. They can handle their business, then I think that they'll be the number two team in the in the league. Because I think they can beat Michigan. I do if if Cade McNamara is your starting quarterback.
2: And that goes back to just the entire conference being a lot mm-hmm. more competitive. Right. Because the West will be more competitive. Right. Those big teams in the East are gonna have a more difficult time when they have to face right. you know, those teams from the West. So I think you know, the order is pretty much spot yeah. on. 2-3, Michigan, Penn State, and flip-flop is going to be, right. you know, I think Penn State is the better team. And we're not being disrespectful in saying that because, you know, I think Michigan State is going to be solid.
1: Right. They're just going to be
2: fourth. Yeah. I think yeah. Be solid. And right. they could pull a couple of upsets.
1: I mean, they're still going to be a good team. I mean, but they're just not going to be as good as those other teams. No. I mean, when you look at Michigan State last year, I mean, they were a good team last year, but they also they barely beat Michigan and barely beat Indiana and you know barely beat Nebraska and they you know th- honestly here here's my take on Michigan State. I felt like they kind of won with a little bit of smoke and mirrors last year. To be honestly, I think they took advantage of the league being down. I think Coach Tucker did a good job of of developing them to be a really physical team on offense. They rode Kenny Walker big time last year. Big time athlete, yeah. But I think losing him and losing the receiver that they lost is going to hurt them more than people think because their margin for error is really thin, in my opinion. And so that's kind of my issue with Michigan State. And the other thing, too, is is when I look at Michigan State, is they they catch a couple disadvantages from a scheduling standpoint as well that I think is going to factor into this too, because again, we're talking about like these teams being split by like a game, you know, like we're not talking about Michigan state going like six and six this year. Right. Right. But you look at their schedule, they play at Maryland and that just as a bad matchup for Michigan state, in my opinion, because here's the thing, Michigan state was one of the worst pass defenses I've ever seen last year. I mean, they were really bad. And when Maryland's on, Tonga Valoa, with, with the receivers he's got, Rakeem Jarrett and, and Demas and all. I mean, they got some weapons. That's yeah. a bad matchup for Michigan State, in my opinion. Demas is and, back. Yeah. yeah, yes. And you just don't know which Maryland, version of Maryland's going to show up. That's the problem. But they also play at Michigan and at Illinois and at Penn State. And we'll get to Illinois in a second, but that's not going to be an easy game to play. And, and honestly, the, the thing that's going to hurt them, too, is they play at home against Ohio State and Wisconsin. Especially Ohio State. is like this is a year, if you're a, – a, trying to battle for that number two spot on this is the year you want ohio state on the road so catch that l on the road so you can get another team at home right and but i just i don't We you know they're like to me the opposite of penn state michigan state has had some really good teams get annihilated by ohio state yeah i mean it's like remember 2017 and a really good football team they went out and got absolutely annihilated by Ohio State. Last year's another 56-7. to seven. And honestly, watching that game, it could have been worse. I mean, they had no answers for Ohio State. You know, and it's just one of those things where it's, it's kind of weird. Like, the years that Michigan State's given Ohio State a game are years when they weren't that good, and Ohio State just kind of sleptwalked on them. Yeah. You know, but like 2017, that Michigan State team won 10 games and, and, and had a really good football team, beat Washington State in the bowl game. Beat Penn State, look what happened when they went to Ohio State. 48 to 3. I mean, they just they're not even competitive against Ohio State. So, I just don't see that changing without now that they don't have Kenneth Walker, I don't see that changing. So, I think Penn's Michigan State schedule cuz again, we we we're, we're talking real life here, right? Yeah. It's not what we feel or who we like. You got to look to make a prediction, you got to look at the schedule and say, you know, this team may be a slightly better, but their schedule's a little tougher. And, and that's just going to hurt them a little bit. So yeah. I thought Michigan State w- played a little bit over their ability last year.
3: Yeah.
1: And, and this year I don't think they're going to be able to get away with that because I think Penn State's going to be better. You know, Michigan's still going to be a tough matchup for them. There's some other teams on the schedule I think are going to give them a tough time. So that's why we have them fourth. Then we have Maryland fifth. They're – they're going to have some wins which you're like, wow, that's a heck of an upset for Maryland because they got some athletes. And then they're going to have some games are like, oh, how did they lose to that team? How would they lose by 25 at home to a team with three wins? Like, how well, did that happen?
2: I think this is a big year for, for Mike Loxley. Yeah. Big year. He he needs to come up with eight to nine wins. To yeah. Show some progress in their program because, like you said, they've had athletes, yeah, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. To be able to put up points. Oh, they yeah. still found a way. Who's that put running it back still.
1: they had a couple years ago? It's the first year. Remember that kid? The kid from oh, Maryland. Five, right? Oh yeah, McFarland, Anthony McFarland. Yeah, yeah. They got. I mean, they after Ohio State, a case could be made that the most dynamic one-two punch at receiver in the conference is, is the is the two kids from Maryland potentially coming into this year, Demas and, and Rakeem Jarrett. Yeah, it's yeah. a conversation to have, but yeah. they're in the conversation.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, and Tonga Valoa looks like. Some weeks he just looks like this kid shouldn't be starting a quarterback in the Big Ten, and then other weeks you're like, "Yo, this kid is is making throwing some dimes." Yeah. Does he become more consistent this year? Yeah. I have a hard time believing he's going to be more consistent because of the program he plays in. Yep. It's one of the most undisciplined pl- programs you're, you're you're going to find, and if you know Mike Loxley, you understand you what. Understand what? Right. And then I have play? Indiana six and Rutgers seven. The only reason I have Rutgers seven, I think Indiana is going to struggle. I love Tom Allen. I just don't think he's a head coach. I think they lost too much talent. I, I don't like the kid they got coming in from Missouri. I think they're, but I, but the reason I have Rutgers finishing seventh, I think Rutgers is going to have a lot of competitive losses. Gavin Wimsett is a, is a kid I, is going to be a, a, a future standout in the Big Ten, but he's technically a freshman, really yeah. age wise, because he, he he enrolled early, not enrolled early, he reclassified and and played for them last year. That's going to benefit him more next year than this year. The problem is for Rutgers, and the reason I have them finishing seventh, their schedule is brutal. Yeah. So I mean, I, I kind of I'm like looking at their schedule. I'm like that that that's just not even fair. Looking at their schedule, they play they play at Boston College in the non conference. Then they play home against Iowa at Ohio State, home against Nebraska, Indiana at home at Minnesota, home against Michigan at Michigan State, home against Penn State at Maryland. Like that's a brutal schedule for Penn, for Rutgers. So I think their record is not going to reflect how competitive they're going to be this year.
2: Yeah, I think Greg Schiano was finding yeah. it a little bit more difficult in his second term yeah. to kind of create the same buzz. But, you know, they – I give them credit, man. They play physical. They play tough. Right. And like you said, they showed up against – they gave Michigan State a heck of a mm-hmm. game at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. They gave Michigan a heck of a game. Yep. At the big house last year. Yep. So,
1: They've yeah. almost beat Michigan twice. Or did they beat, didn't they? They almost beat Michigan the year before. No, yeah, lost 48 42 in the COVID yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. They play hard, Sean. I just, I think with the schedule that they have, for me, it's just one of those things where they're going to be better than their record shows. I think he's adding talent.
3: Yeah.
1: I think he. They. they, they play hard, they compete. It's just the schedule set up really rough for them. Really rough. That's my only concern.
2: Yeah. Now they could
1: pull off some upsets, right? Because again, I mean they went five and seven last year. They're they're not a bad football team. Yeah. But they beat Temple, they beat Syracuse, they beat Delaware, they beat Illinois, and they beat Indiana. Right? Like I think they're gonna be a better football team than Indiana. I just think Indiana's got a more favorable conference schedule. But it wouldn't shock me to see Rutgers be ahead of them and you know, and then the other thing that hurts him is I just feel like the top of the conference is so heavy. It's right. like there's there's the top four, and then there's a bit of a gap, and then there's you know Maryland and Rutgers and and, and, and Indiana. So right. it, it's going to be interesting. Let's go to the West. Let's do it. I would argue there's five teams that I would not shock me to see win the West. And and we went we both went when the, so we kind of made our predictions before we talked just to kind of see where we were, and we fell in the same line. We both have Nebraska winning the conference. Now that may seem crazy when you consider they went three and nine last year, mm-hmm. but they're they were the they were the best three and nine team I've ever seen in my life. You don't see teams go three and nine outscore their opponents by over sixty points last year because oh, their wow. worst loss was nine points to Ohio State in a game where they had the
2: ball in the fourth quarter with a chance to take the lead. Yeah, that three mean, and nine. I look if he has a an average quarterback right that three and nine is seven five eight four right easily easily right. they are physical up front both sides of the ball uh i think it's mark whipple is the new offensive yeah, coordinator yep Pitt. so we'll see how that goes and once again, I mean, it's about four or five coaches in the Big Ten that this is possibly a make or break year.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's no different for Scott Frost. Right. Um, defensive, like I said, he lost a lot in his secondary to the NFL, mm-hmm. but he's been able to get talent. Right. And he's been able to recruit the line of scrimmage. The and they got a lot
1: of transfers this offseason. Yeah. The
2: quarterback situation, right. of course, is going to be the tail. Yep. That's going to be the tail for Nebraska. Yep. And I mean, look,
1: of- and, and people that didn't pay attention to Nebraska, there's somebody spouting off at the mouth, you know, in the chat about Nebraska. Like, look, you can look at the three and nine and say whatever you want to say. But the reality is, as you watch that team play, they had a lot of teams on the ropes. They couldn't finish. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's funny is, you know what the worst loss they had all year was? was Illinois. Because it was not as close as the eight-point loss. But the rest of the games, they had Oklahoma beat. They yeah. had Michigan State beat. They handed those games away. They had Michigan on the ropes with a chance to win in the fourth quarter. They were not a bad team in regards to how they played. They were a bad team based on the record. And that's the point. I mean – They lost by a touchdown to Iowa. They lost by a touchdown to Wisconsin. They lost by nine to Ohio State. They lost by five to Purdue. They lost by a touchdown to Minnesota. They lost by three to Michigan. They lost by three to Michigan State on the road. They lost by a touchdown at Oklahoma. They were a team that competed. And they got the best Juco back, number one Juco back in the country is there. They got a a, a Trey Palmer from LSU that is transferring in as a receiver. Now, I'm I'm not someone who's like, oh, get all these transfers and you're going to be great, right? But I think they got, enough transfers to where they can supplement where their roster lacked players. You talked about how they got, they lost some guys. Well, they got an Arizona state transfer to help fill some of that void. They had, they've got some young recruits that they, that they landed that are now stepping into certain spots that I think are going to help them. They've got a pretty good offensive line in my opinion. Tanner Corcoran is one of the best offensive linemen in the big 10 right tackle. I mean, he's really good. The key is going to, here's the thing I'll say about Nebraska. They will not be a six and they will not be a team that wins five to seven games. Won't happen. Nope. They're either going to win the Big Ten West or they're going to implode and and he's going to be gone. He's going to be gone. Yep. I, I think it's going to be we, one of those two things. It reminds me a lot of the, the 2000. You know who they remind me a lot of? Sean is the 2016 Notre Dame team. I said before that season. I said Notre Dame is either going to be really good or really bad, and I meant really bad at like five six wins. Yeah. And they don't have the talent that Notre Dame had, I don't think, you know, the top level talent. But the problem for Nebraska was a a a team that has a an utter, like an extreme lack of discipline. And the lack of discipline becomes because they have a head coach that lacked discipline Mm -hmm. in his own how he went about his business. Supposedly he's cleaned that stuff up. Or was right. told to clean it or up. To, there you go. Uh, another, another he cleaned Nebraska it up. Alone. I don't think it was him having to come to Jesus' moment with himself. I think he right. was like, well, if you want to keep your job, you better Absolutely. grow up. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so can he push the right buttons to say, hey, look, guys, let's fix these things? Because, I mean, they would like do things where you're like, they gave you that game. If they just stopped sh- losing games. they Teams weren't beating Nebraska. Nebraska was losing games to them because of the things that they were doing. And so to me, if they clean that up, it's a sign that he has turned the corner in how to run a program and they will be, cause in my opinion, Sean, they are the most talented team in the West, mm-hmm. but they were one of the three most talented teams in the West last year too. And they went three and nine. Right. And so that's yeah. going to be the thing is there's not, this is not going to be a seven and five team in my opinion because if he doesn't make the changes to get them over that hump, then they're still going to do the same things. Yeah. The other thing about Nebraska you have to consider is the schedule. And and Iowa and, and Minnesota and Wisconsin to me all have significantly tougher schedules. If you look at their schedule, uh they get Ill, they get Minnesota at home and they get Wisconsin at home. They'd have two tough road games in the league at Michigan at Iowa. Those are their tough road games. The rest of their they don't get Ohio State they don't get michigan state and they don't get penn state this year their crossover games are are michigan and indiana and rutgers rutgers right so again y'all we got to you got to look is, at that as you're wild. making decisions about who you're picking absolutely right is yeah. so now the michigan game is going to be tough the Iowa, the, the, the last 3 games are going to – but if nebraska's an 8 you know going to, if nebraska's like 8 and 1 going into the last game they also get oklahoma at home to start the season uh, they play Northwestern in Dublin. That should be a win. They get North Dakota the next week, Georgia Southern, and they get Oklahoma at home. We're going to know that week if Scott Frost has his team turned around. Here's the other thing you have to remember, that they're playing one of those week zero games. So Nebraska is going to have two buys during the regular season. So they're going to get a buy between Oklahoma and Indiana, and then they get another buy later in the month between Purdue and Illinois. That's going to help them too in regards to being fresh. And, and so – so, to me, Sean, if he turns the corner as a coach, they will be the best team in the West. If he doesn't, they're going to implode again, and he won't finish the season.
2: I think and this is um, – you know, it comes full circle because USC and UCLA are coming to the Big Ten. But I think you can blame Chip Long and Nebraska for showing Oklahoma where their program was from a physical standpoint. Right. When both of those teams walked in Norman mm-hmm. and physically stood up to Oklahoma, yeah, I think that's when the light went off like, oh, USC, what, now what mm-hmm. were you saying again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I, I really – because I think you start to see like, yo, this Oklahoma program is nowhere near as right. physical nope. as they've been when these two teams can walk in yep. and be physical – successful. So that's what we're talking about. Like, you go watch that Nebraska-Oklahoma game, and you come away saying, "Hmm. my God, Adrian Martinez is so bad. Yes. Like a Nebraska – dude, get – Like you
1: said, Sean, you said it. If they just have an okay quarterback.
2: They blow Oklahoma out. Yeah. (laughs) No, seriously.
1: He was missing, like, he looked like Brandon against Stanford. Yes. Is, is how Like, all year. Yes. All year. I mean, missing yes. guys are like – there was one game, it was like a third down, and he has a guy in the flat, Sean. There's not another – there's not a defender on the TV screen, and he throws it like three feet over the guy's head. And you're like, what the heck is going on? So, but, you know, is Casey Thompson the answer? I mean, but again, it's not that Casey Thompson's good because he's not. But he's at least okay compared to what they had. This is what I don't think people understand. This is a very talented Nebraska football team, athletically.
2: Yeah.
1: What they're not talented is up here and here. And that starts
2: at the top of the program. If he can fix that, yeah. It, that could be a problem yeah. with Casey Thompson because yeah. when he goes in the tank, he yep. goes in the tank. Yep. So maybe yep. You rewire the kid. I mean, like, you go – once again, you go watch him early against Oklahoma, he was on fire. Yep. Well, we'll see. So,
1: two, three, and four were also challenging. And, I mean, you could really – it's Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, in some order is what we have. And it was really a battle. It really came down to me to schedule and defense. Mm-hmm. And I went with Iowa at, Iowa at two, Sean, but it was one of the more um, uncomfortable predictions I made. It's not one that I'm like, I'm betting my mortgage this month on Iowa finishing second. Yeah. I could see Iowa winning the big 10 West. I could see Iowa finishing fourth. The reality of it is the reason I went with them second is number one. I think they have the best coach in the big 10. That's what I think. I think Kirk French is an outstanding football coach. And and he, I mean, f- talk to me. What they were a Big Ten West champ last year? Why? Because they had the best center in college football. That's why they won. the – no, because yeah. they're incredibly well coached football. and they cost some breaks. Like okay. Sean staff, Clifford man, getting hurt.
2: Yeah, you talking about kick Kirk, Kirk Ferris His staff is yes. on good.
1: Now, Phil Parker retired this offseason, correct? Yeah, that's the that's another reason I'm, I'm I'm not able to put them number one because he was one of the most underappreciated coaches in college football the last decade absolutely uh, but when I look at them they've got weapons coming back in the pass game they're going to be good on the offensive line Their are tight ends arguably the best tight end in college football or excuse me uh, in the big 10 and they've got all but one starter coming back in the front seven uh, they've got like what nine eight and eight nine starters coming back on defense that's it right there it's the it's the coaching and the fact they're gonna be really good on defense that has me there. The also is the only reason I don't have them first because of their quarterback. He's one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in, in, in the country.
2: Yeah.
1: If he's just consistent, they're gonna win the West, yeah. in my opinion.
2: Yeah, but has, I just have does. no
1: faith in him. And then when you look at the schedule, that hurts him a little bit too. So mm-hmm. you know their schedule is a little bit challenging this year. The, the top teams in the West, other than Nebraska, have brutal schedules, in my opinion. They got to play Michigan at home, at Illinois, at Ohio State, Northwestern at home, at Purdue, home against Wisconsin, at Minnesota, home against Nebraska. So that's going to be a challenge for him. And so um, that's going to be a, an interesting battle in my opinion, uh, to see how they play. Because, again, they don't have the, – I would argue, Sean, you tell me if you agree or disagree with this. I wouldn't make the statement that of the four teams we talked about, Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, that Iowa has the least amount of talent of those four teams, especially uh, top-level talent. It's
2: debatable. It's debatable. They, they lost – wait a minute. Didn't they lose Charlie Jones too? hmm The receiver, didn't mm-hmm. he transfer?
1: Mm-hmm. What transferred? Purdue. You're right. They lost their running back. Yeah. They lost the, the All-American
2: center. Smart move by Charlie Jones. Yes. Like he recognizes, like, you know yeah. what? Let me go get my numbers up. Because
1: he's bro? gonna be a return guy at Iowa. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then he got re- he, you know. So so Sean, to me, Iowa, I have number two because I think their schedule and the fact that I just I I I have more faith that I know who they're gonna be this year. Yeah. Right. Yeah but I could easily see them being fourth. And that's the thing about this, the West, is it is going to be a battle. I mean, it is going to be – it just comes down to whose schedule was this or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And, you know, that's just kind of where, you know, where it is. So, number three, I initially had Minnesota. I eventually flipped it to Wisconsin because of Minnesota's schedule. That's really the only thing holding me back. I would argue that if we're just talking about best roster, Nebraska has the best roster in the Big Ten West, I think Minnesota is actually next. And the reason I have a lot more faith in Minnesota, Sean, is you and I have talked about it. You know, I've told them as a potential sleeper team, I won't be shocked if Minnesota wins the West, but the schedule is the reason I have them where I have them. Room because soul. they got to they, – talking about they got to play at Michigan State, home against Purdue, at Illinois, at Penn State, at Rutgers, at Wisconsin, not in order. I mean, that's order their road games. But the, again, here's their road games this year: at Michigan State, at Illinois, at Penn State, at Nebraska, at Wisconsin. They have home games against Iowa, Northwestern, Purdue, and Rutgers. In Colorado, Western Illinois, and New Mexico State. So their schedule is the thing that for me, and the fact that they lost four starting offensive linemen. Yeah, those are the two things for me. Now they got some transfers in. Quinn Carroll from Notre Dame is going to is supposed to start a guard for them. But the big thing for them, why I have more faith in Minnesota, is they got rid of Mike Sanford Jr. and brought back the offensive coordinator they had a couple of years ago and went eleven and two. And I'm not I'm not saying that to take a shot of just the fact is he just was ineffective. Tanner Morgan and him just did not mesh for whatever reason.
2: Yeah. And
1: then Ibrahim comes back because he to me was the best returning back in the Big Ten last year. Now Trayvon Henderson's a, a beast, but like he was a freshman last year. Ibrahim yeah. to me was is was the best veteran running back in the Big Ten last year. He And he was putting work in against Ohio State. Yes, he was. But they're going to have some weapons at, at a receiver. Tanner Morgan comes back for like his ninth year. He's on like the Hunter Renfro plan at, at Minnesota. Right? I think he's back to the OC that he had so much production with. Yeah. If the offensive line can get figured out, that that was my other big thing, the schedule and the fact that that they're a team that needs the offensive line to play well, and they lost four of them, four starters on the offensive line. Yeah. that concerns me a little bit. And their defense is okay, but it's not great. So you add all those things together with the tough schedule, I have them fourth, but honestly, I would not be shocked if Minnesota wins I won't be shocked if any of the four teams at the top win it. I'll be a little surprised about Illinois. We'll get to them in a, in a minute. But I honestly think Minnesota is could be a tough team, Sean, but I want to get your thoughts on Wisconsin because I'm having a tough time with Wisconsin because I just don't, I don't see the talent. Sean, like I yeah. now here's the question Was it as simple as the offensive line coach just wasn't up to par? And now that Bob Bostad is back coaching the offensive line, they're going to get back to being Wisconsin, or is it what I think it is, which is just a they just don't have the players. They used to have. Now, I think Braylon Allen at running back is going to be a dude if the offensive line can get figured out. But they're Whoa. they're they're receiving t-
2: they always had at least one good player at receiver. But they lost their top three yeah. skill guys, yeah. tight end Jake Ferguson. He's right. in the NFL. They lose Pryor. they lose Davis. Right. Like, where are they going on the outside? Like, I agree with you with the running back. You know, the young kid is going to be really, really mm-hmm. good at that offensive line. Is back to the original self. Right. Possibly, you know, it's just the reputation of Jim Leonard. Right. And, which is well earned. Right. Well earned. Yep. Right. Like he's taken like your grandmother scraps in the pantry, mm-hmm. Right. And made some really good meals. Right. You know, some really good defenses. So, you know, Paul, Chris is a really good coach.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. And,
2: Good staff. He got the offensive line situation taken care of, sure it up. We'll see. It's we'll the talent. See. That's
1: yeah. that's my thing. Yeah. But was it a situation they,
2: they the talent? What about right. the schedule?
1: Right. That's the other part of it.
2: Okay. Yeah. So so here's role games that that
1: crossover. Here's Wisconsin's first oh, Big Ten game at Ohio State. They also play at Michigan State, at Iowa, at Nebraska. They get Minnesota at home, Maryland at home, Purdue at home. But their schedule is tough, but it's not as tough as Minnesota's, which is why I ended up putting Wisconsin ahead of Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. But what we're, What I want to know, Sean, is and, – and, and, and we can't answer this now. My question is, is the issues that they've had and the offensive line, is it similar to Notre Dame's where they've had – the players are there, they just don't look like you're used to mm-hmm. because you haven't had the guy that could get them ready to go? I don't watch enough of Wisconsin to say that as definitively as I do about Notre Dame. I watch Notre Dame every week. So I know cool. there's better, there's talent there. They're just not coached. That's going to be the thing we're going to find out this year with Bo Stad back on the offensive line. Cause he was the offensive line coach during uh, some of the early runs yeah. and he went to the yeah. NFL yeah. and then he wanted, to, so he was actually, he's been the linebackers coach at Wisconsin. He was actually somebody that Notre Dame interviewed to replace Harry Heastan. And he was one of the the guys. So there was two guys that Chip Long really wanted, and the old line players really wanted. Yeah. They wanted uh, Joe Gilbert, who Chip had coached with before, who's now with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and and the other one was Bob Bostad. Was the other one that they liked. And so, uh, to me, that was kind of the thing. Was he just wanted to be at Wisconsin? He loves Wisconsin. That's just his place. You know, he he went to the NFL and 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 came back to Wisconsin, he didn't want to leave Wisconsin. Right. And he didn't get offered by Notre Dame. Just saying, in general, he would be willing to stay as a linebacker's coach and go somewhere else. And the only that's why the only school he really interviewed for was Notre Dame because it's Notre Dame, right? If if the issue at Wisconsin is the same as Notre Dame's, where the talent was there in the offensive line, it's the, it's the coaching, mm-hmm. then you could potentially jump Wisconsin up to one or two. Right? It's just – that – but the reason – but then I – the hesitancy I still have, Sean, is they just don't have the perimeter playmakers. No. That they've – they've always had, you know, Abradaris or, or, you know, like the kid uh, – the kid – Cephas, like the, the kid they had a couple years. They've always had, like, Danny Davis. They've had, like, at least one guy that you're like – and
2: they've always had a tight end. And I just don't know if they're going to have it this year. Or even going you back know? to Chambers back in the day. They, they always had a deep threat, that right. one guy – that could keep you honest with your safety so they can run the ball and do what they want to do. But getting to your question, I truly believe that what happened with Paul Chris is that he fell in love with what he perceived as an opportunity to become more diverse offensively Mm -hmm. and tried to step away from the identity of who Wisconsin is. And that was just too much trust they placed on Graham Mertz. Like he bust on the seam as a freshman and threw five touchdowns against Illinois in his first Big Ten game. And they thought nothing. They thought, yo, this is our opportunity to have a quarterback that can really open our offense. And then halfway through the season, they realized, like, oh snap. He wasn't ready yet. (laughs) They went on the road and Minnesota physically handled them at the end of the season. Yep. Physically handled them. Wasn't
1: it in Wisconsin?
2: No, it was at Minnesota.
1: Okay. I think that game
2: was at Minnesota. In I'm
1: 2020, right. you're talking about right? No, no, no. Last year? Last year. Last year. Oh, yeah,
2: it was at Minnesota, yeah. It was at Minnesota, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And they, yo, because I think Wisconsin still yeah. had an opportunity to win the West.
1: Sean, they were rolling. They only had one conference loss or two conference losses at that point in time. They lost yeah. to Penn
2: State in the opener, and then they lost yeah. to uh, uh,
1: Michigan in, in October 2nd. They had won six eight games, seven games in a row, six conference games. Uh, but they had beaten Illinois. They and they were winning games convincingly. Beat yeah. Illinois 24-0, beat Purdue 30 to 13, beat Iowa uh 27-7, beat Rutgers 52 to 3, beat Northwestern 35-7. They had a battle against Nebraska 35-28, but they outplayed Nebraska in that game. Yeah. Uh, that was actually one of Nebraska's better games last year.
2: Wisconsin came in with a chance to make it. I think they needed some help from Iowa. Yeah. But they came in with a chance to win the Big Ten West. And yo, they just got steamrolled physically by Minnesota, who had dealt with injuries all year. And it was just unexpected. So I think they got away from their identity. Yeah. And I think they placed a lot on Graham Mertz. And it was too late when they finally realized, like, oh, They should have known after the Notre Dame game, like, oh, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: no, this isn't good. And now we get to see, you know, did he learn his lessons? Mm -hmm. You know, did the moves he made on his coaching staff, will they end up? And and like we said, you have to place a lot of trust in Jim Leonard. You just have to, Mm
3: -hmm. you
2: know, because he's continued to be a top five defense in the nation. They're they're one one of the toughest
1: best coach fundamentally sound defenses in college really? football for him to have the kind of defenses he has with the talent he has, and like they don't have bums running out there but they don't have yeah. a bunch of high draft there there's no jj watt running through the you know running yeah. through there right now there's no jamar fletcher lining up a cornerback right like they don't have that kind of talent he yeah. is a phenomenal defensive coordinator and somebody that marcus freeman tried to convince to interview for the job and he just he won't leave wisconsin He's just happy there. Like, Again, yeah, Marcus Freeman tried to make a run at him, from what I'm told, for the D coordinator job when Marcus Freeman was hired as head coach.
2: That's the smartest thing he's yeah. done. Because yeah. that, <laughs> that dude, that dude yeah. gets it done. Yeah. yeah. He gets it done. you talking about just fundamentally sound and physical and, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, kids will run through a brick wall for him. This, Yeah. So that four three four is going to all. I think is going to be dependent upon Wisconsin. Yeah, I think Wisconsin will decide because I think they're better as a program than Minnesota.
1: Yes, and they're if better they coached than Minnesota. They're better
2: coached than Minnesota, yeah. and if they play to their level, they'll here's here's they the play.
1: problem with Wisconsin, where I think Paul Christ has struggled at times in his career is with recruiting when I look at the athletes that Minnesota has running around, it's not comparable to the athletes that Wisconsin has running around in Minnesota's favor. That's the problem. And that's right. I I mean, look, Minnesota can get Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson, but Wisconsin can't get one of those guys. You know what I mean? Like that to me is where they've done a poor job. In my opinion of recruiting Yeah, is just not being able to to, to just bring out some guys that you you don't need stars. You don't need, Jaden Greathouse and Braylon James, you just need a Jared Aberderis. You just need, you know, guys like that. You don't, you just need solid players that can be good enough to complement your run game. Right. And they just haven't done that. And I think that's been my issue with, with with Paul Christ. Is I think as far as his teams are going to be fundamentally sound, they're going to be tough. They're going to be physical. But we saw the Notre Dame game last year. Eventually, Notre Dame's athletes just took the game over. And it didn't matter that the the best coach team on the field that day was clearly Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. You know, they were more fundamentally sound. They were tougher. They were f- more physical. It's just their dudes weren't as good as Notre Dame's dudes. Yeah. You know, and Notre Dame's kids, that was one of the – that was one of the few games all year where I felt like Notre Dame played hard in that game. They met, they met Wisconsin physically. Now, we've talked about they weren't a real physical football team. That was one of the exceptions. I I, I, I was pleased with how Notre Dame brought it in most – their offensive line got their butts kicked. Just got yeah. their butts kicked for 60 minutes. But the Notre Dame front seven brought it against Wisconsin last year. Absolutely. The DBs brought it against Wisconsin last year, and they did. And that's why Notre Dame was able to win that game is because they just had way better dudes, and they were able to match them, Their the offensive was the offensive Wisconsin's physicality. Now, they also benefited from the fact that Chesma Lucy was the running back and not Braylon Allen because yeah. they were a much better team once Braylon Allen came over. Because Chesma Lucy a good running back, but he's – He's not your typical He – they've had a lot of Ches Malusi's over the year, but it was always the guy they were bringing off the bench, the James Whites that they were bringing off the bench as the number two to complement Monty Ball right. and Melvin Gordon and, you know, um, Jonathan Taylor and, and then Braylon Allen, right? So that's, that's a, it's going to be an interesting aspect of it, Sean. I know you want to get to the next team. I know. When I told Sean who my number five team was, he got all excited. Because if y'all don't know, Sean is a graduate of the University of Illinois. Yeah. And uh, we've talked about some of the great games he was in the stands for back when he was a student. I have Illinois five, Sean. And as I said to you, they are a dark horse if everything goes right team for me this year. Because the one thing Illinois has is they have some athletes. They were and and for all their issues last year. You know, you kind of wondered, like, how is how is B-Lima going to be? Now that he's back in college football, is he going to be happy there? Is, is Illinois just a kind of a stop gap for him to kind of get to the next job? I'm going to tell you what, I was impressed with how those teams played last year. Yeah. Because even the games they lost, they were competitive. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't – I mean, and it started at the beginning. I was like, man, this team, this team's going to be a little – this team's going to have a little something this year because they came out in the opener and just worked Nebraska in the opener. I mean, worked
2: in Nebraska. And if they didn't turn the ball over, yeah, it would have been worse. it. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And then they got smacked by Virginia and lost to Texas San Antonio. And I'm thinking Man, that's bad. But yeah. well, then you realize Texas San Antonio, like the
2: San Antonio team was really good,
1: though. yeah. And the Virginia loss, think. like you didn't like, you guys got torched by Brendan Armstrong because Brandon Armstrong in 2020 and 19 didn't look like Brandon Armstrong in 2021. But then you started to see him kind of okay, they're battling, they lost by three to Maryland, lost by four to Purdue. Uh, lost twenty four nothing in Wisconsin. Beat Penn State in overtime. Lost to Rutgers by six, which is still just a bad loss. Like, how did you lose at home to Rutgers? They beat Minnesota on the road. Beat North, blew Northwestern out. Lost by ten to Iowa. In and in a game that was competitive. So they're just not good enough to me yet that I'm able to put them any higher. But if, if you look at their schedule, if they can catch a couple breaks, they might be able to do a little something you know get Iowa at home, Minnesota at home, Michigan State at home, Purdue at home. You know, play at Indiana who's not that good. I don't I, I would be sh- I'd be surprised if they win it, but they're that team that kind of like they're that dark horse. They got enough athletes and, mm-hmm. you know, they got a a, 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 a Tommy Devito's are he's transferred in from he's the quarterback, series, right? He, Tommy Devito. Yeah. You know, maybe the light finally goes on for him. I got him fifth right now. I could see them maybe jumping up a spot or two if some things go their way. But I'll tell you this too, Sean. I do think the margin for error is tight enough to where they could finish sixth because I actually think Purdue's got a better team than Illinois. I think Purdue's schedule's harder, and that that was part of why look I went
2: I went with them over Purdue. I think they have they were second. I'm going to start this from recruiting, a recruiting standpoint. They were second from Malik Elzey. Um, oh, what's the kid from downstate that they got that Notre Dame kind of? The Fagan. Fagan. Yep. They get the Fagan kid. They got some absolute wonderful athletes from Kenwood, Simeon, Mm -hmm. that are coming down there, and they're still on some other guys from 23. Mm -hmm. So he's done a great job, but he has really done a great job of getting big-time offensive linemen for the suburban areas of Chicago Mm -hmm. and downstate to commit to the program. And that's what he did last year. Like if you were watching the games and you were watching like them pick up L after L, you were saying to yourself, okay, typical Illinois. But what you were seeing was no matter what happened on the scoreboard, he made sure that they established the identity of who they were. Yeah, we're getting blasted, but we're going to run this ball. We're going to run the ball down your throat. They had a freshman, McCray, just a bowling ball, 240 pounds, gets behind that big offensive line, and you saw him. He had a great day. He pretty much was the reason they won the Penn State game. They controlled the clock, other than Penn State just being awful offensively. But that was a really good Penn State defense. Yes. Even though P.J. Mustapha was hurt, that was still a pretty formidable – Defense and yo, know, they lined up and like, they lined up and ran the ball right at Penn State, and they did it against Nebraska. Yeah, they did it against Iowa. That was their identity. But that's
1: that one is- of my issues for them, Sean. Is they lost three of those five guys? Yes, right. They did. They yeah, did. that's the concern because you're right. They they're a line battled mm-hmm. last year. They're physical, they but were physical. I
2: trust the staff and I trust Brett mm-hmm. Bieler you know, to de- to develop, get guys develop mm-hmm. and to be able to start a pipeline where that offensive line is going to be consistent. And that once again, that quarterback play was so awful. Mm-hmm. Like never take a quarterback transfer from Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's not a good idea. It's <laughs> not a good idea. And that biggest playmaker uh, who was a quarterback recruit, out of East St. Louis, Isaiah Williams. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a big playmaker at mm-hmm. wide receiver.
1: So they have – You got a couple uh, receivers that can run.
2: Yeah, they have yeah. skilled position guys, right. and they have running backs. So yep. that's – And court- that's what gives me
1: a, a chance to think that they could mm-hmm. – like if the light goes on for Tommy DeVito a little bit, It was a, a, a big recruit for Syracuse. Yeah. That's the thing is they have the athletes to where – they can rip off a big play against Wisconsin where That's i don't sure. think Wisconsin is going to be ripping off big plays in the past game against them kind of thing, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: you know and and cuz like you said like they're 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 not quite maryland athletically but it's yeah. similar to the argument that i made against maryland is if they can get the if the quarterback plays well yeah they're going to present some problems they're going to present some problems i yeah. agree with that i agree with yeah that. Purdue's an interesting team Sean, at 6 because did they tempt you because of the coach Yes,
2: the coach, the coach tempted me.
1: Yes, to Jeff put them higher because of Jeff yeah. Brom. Yes, but they just lost too much talent, yeah. and the schedule is not fun.
2: No,
1: I mean it's not a fun schedule, and you know they're another team that <clears throat> I look at last year and I say, you know, they won a lot of games where you're like, you know, I don't know how they won that game, <laughs> right? Like if they play that, like if they played Michigan State a week later, Michigan State. Just probably. runs it down their throat and probably yeah. beats them. But on that day, they took it to Michigan State, and it helped. The Michigan State had the worst pass defense I've probably ever seen at the, the Big Ten level. But the the problem for me with Penn State, with Wisconsin Purdue this year is I just think their schedule's rough. You know, they, they for them they play at home start off against Purdue. Or I mean Penn State at home. Mm-hmm. I don't think they. I don't think they're going to beat Penn State. If if they win that game, however, I'm going to completely change my opinion of this Purdue football team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they lost too much at, in secondary. They lost it, Carl Loftus. It, it, yeah. I mean, No team lost a more dynamic one-two punch relative like of the second-tier teams. Like, Ohio State can lose the kids. They lost a the receiver. and Okay, fine. Purdue doesn't have another David Bell ready to walk into the to, no. onto the field, right? And then losing Milton Wright hurt them as well. Uh, and You know, Charlie Jones is a nice player, but he's not like, oh, we're okay losing David Bell because Charlie Jones is here, you know? Uh, their offensive line – it's just, it was not great. So when I, when I look at them, you got at Minnesota at Maryland home against Nebraska at Wisconsin yeah. home against Iowa at Illinois. And you know, if they're in good shape there, they should finish well, get Northwestern at home. And then at Indiana, I think you can win both of those games, but it's kind of like, man, you'd rather have Maryland at home this year, you know, and Nebraska on the road. Cause you're going to beat Maryland at home. You may lose to Nebraska at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes it's not just who you play, but it's where you play them.
3: Yeah.
1: And you know, the, the, the Illinois, I'd I'd much rather have Illinois at home this year. I'd much rather have Maryland at home this year. You know, games were, you know, now it's a little bit tougher game, but then you got to play teams that are better than you at home, Iowa and and Nebraska and Penn state. So that's kind of where I look at it. And I say, man, I just, I just don't see, I just don't see a lot of, Margin for error with them, and they just don't have that David Bell cat that can just go out there and say, "I'm gonna take this one, I'm eight. yeah. I'm gonna take this game over, fellas, and 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 go do what I got to do." And and I just, I just in a, in a in a in a division that's just so close, one through six. I mean, Purdue's again pick Purdue six, Sean. Would it shock you if they finished
2: third? It would shock me if they found a way to be number two.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's just the way that the league is. It's just a, but, but I'm looking at it last year, man. Like they, bear, they, 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 um, they go out there and, and, you know, some of these games that they, they win and it's like, you know, beat Michigan. State. Do you have someone's going to go catch 11 balls for 217 yards like David Bell did last year? When they beat Iowa 24 to 7 at Iowa. Okay. David Bell had 11 catches for 240 yards. You don't have that dude this year. You know, like you just, you beat Oregon State by nine. David Bell, eight catches for 134 yards. You don't have that guy this year. And you lost Milton Wright. So, I just I, I think they're going to kind of take a step back and they're just a team like that just can't lose a Carl Loftus and a David Bell in the same year and keep rolling. And Aiden O'Donnell's a great story, but great bowl game against Tennessee. Yeah. But just I just, uh, it's kind of like Spencer Saunders from Oklahoma State. I don't think that's going to be the catalyst to all of a sudden making him a great passer.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, Dave, it was a great bowl game, but he's, he still got beat out by Jack Plummer for a reason. Right. You know, look, Jeff Brom knows quarterbacks, right? He started Jack Plummer for a reason, right? Because he just knows O'Donnell's limited physically. Yeah. He's just limited physically.
2: Yeah.
1: And so um, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at, so. Yeah. I have them sixth. And then I think Northwestern is going to be the worst team in the Big Ten this year. I do. I oh, think. they were
2: just in the Big Ten championship not too two long
1: ago. Years ago yeah. Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Their roster's not good, Sean.
2: I can tell you what, though. They can recruit defensive backs.
1: And well, they've all transferred or gone to the NFL.
2: Yeah, they develop. They recruit, develop, and then
1: – Well, no. and – the other thing too is, I just, they're not the same without their D coordinator. No. You know, and I think that's the thing that's hurt them as well is not having him. What's it? Hankwitz, right? And then yeah. you say his last name. Not having him, I think, I think that's hurt them. I do. It just, he was really good. Like, he was there a long time, right? And you get, it's like Parker at Iowa. Like, those guys just—I mean, they—they they were just happy where they were, right? I mean, they just—you know—like I, I love being at the school. There's I'm not saying pressure I get these kids that are hard workers, or it's not the five-star kids. These kids just want to go out and play ball, and they're coachable and teachable, and just was a great fit for them, you know. And, and same thing with Parker at Iowa. I just, I just, I just don't think they have the talent, honestly. I just think their 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 skill talents mediocre at best. Their lines—you've got Peter Skaronski, and then a lot of nothing. Beside him, in my opinion. And then their defense is incredibly slow in the front seven, in my opinion.
2: Can you say that again? Yeah.
1: I mean, like a, a couple, this is like a few, like you had Ernest Brown and you had the big kid at defensive tackle and you had the linebackers. And it's like, they, and then you had like a legit first round, you had legitimate two first round caliber talents in the secondary. And then two cool. years later, mm-hmm. you look at what they are now and you're like, oh my gosh, like how did that happen?
2: So I just, um, Once again, their best players, if you look at any publication, of best players are their two defensive backs. Cameron Mitchell and A.J. Hampton. Like like I said, they can recruit. Like, dude, they can go find. Yeah. Without it being a four-star, they can go find some really, really fast and really good defensive backs and develop them. Right. But, unfortunately – and they used to be really good in the trenches. Right. They were Go at least tough. They were really built on the trenches.
1: Remember Mike Elko and them, they tried to flip Ernest Brown. Notre yeah. Dame tried to flip Ernest Brown. I mean, yeah. he, he was a good player. And they got three defensive linemen in that class were mm-hmm. sort the of football players. But yeah. Those guys are all gone now. And they just haven't replaced them. Now, they're recruiting really, really well right now. But that's just um, that's not going to help them this year, Sean. Yeah, It's not going to help them this year.